7.24 on a Friday morning. Uh, joining us now is uh, our state representative-elect for District 58BA. A. A 58A. So close, Jeff. <laughs> Christy got it. Purcell is with us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. Sorry about my tardiness. You've had... Uh, Probably, I don't want to say a more interesting December, November and December than you've ever had before, but it probably has been a little bit different than some of the November and Decembers that you've had in Indeed. the past. Would that Indeed. be fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. After the elections uh, in early November, uh, you won the election for uh, the uh, representative seat. Let's talk about the last couple of months of the year. You're not, you're a representative elect right now, Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean the work, I'm presuming the work has already started. Yes. uh, I'm, I'm a first timer at this. So Mm -hmm. it, uh, I'm trying to keep a beginner's mind and just uh, be, be curious and be learning, but it's been a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not the only one. Let's start there. Uh, There's, 30, 40 new uh, uh, members of the House, uh, Minnesota House? 47. 47. Are wow. the, uh, the largest class, I think, in state history of new folks. Now, um, on my side of the aisle anyway, there are two folks who were elected in 2018. They lost in 2020, and now they're back. So they're not needing to do all of the orientation pieces that mm-hmm. I have been doing. And then there is um, there's a retiring senator who then ran for the house so there are some people who have some experience but are are sort of new again counted in that 47 now the rest of the uh, house does have some experience have you been talking with some of the more experienced members of uh, the uh, legislature here last month or so oh yes (laughs) Uh, because (laughs) um, so I'm I'm wrapping up my work at Clean River Partners Mm -hmm. and so I'm wanting to make sure that that um, we transition in a good way and that, you know, I'm not shirking responsibilities there. So um, I have been really uh, split focus professionally. Um, so luckily there are all of these experienced folks um, up in the legislature who have just really made themselves available to myself and lots of other first term incoming folks. I also feel really lucky to have a Representative Todd Lippert because he's not doing this job anymore. Um, he He's just been really generous with his time. Now, do you get his office? I, <laughs> I actually his... physically am going to have his office. Okay. But that was kind of a, a, a just happenstance. So okay. um, they, because there's so many, there are 19 of us in my caucus, um, to try, a lot of things are done seniority basis, Mm -hmm. and with 19 of us brand new folks, they sort of put our names in a hat and drew lottery style, so Mm -hmm. I was the fourth to last to get to choose my office, and and Representative Lippert's office was one of those available, and I knew that he had already moved out, (laughs) and so I snagged that one, and then I went to to peak, we had two days of um, orientation Monday and Tuesday this week, and uh, we stopped in the state office building, and I, I went with a new colleague of mine, and we both peeked at our new rooms that are kind of in a row, and mm-hmm. hers is very much still being used ah. uh, by the person who's going to just be switching locations, and mine had been painted and was sort of clean slate, ready to go, and so I'm I'm grateful that uh, I will 
perhaps get to move in a little sooner than than he is, <laughs> right. or that than my than my colleague because he's moved out. All right, yeah. uh, Christy Purcell is with us. Let's talk about uh, some of your, I guess, objectives. Do you, have you uh, set out some priorities of what you would like to do or accomplish, or a direction that you would like to go? And the legislature begins in a few weeks. Yes. So um, we do not have our committee assignments yet. Um, I have been able to request committee assignments. I'm really excited. Hopefully I can serve on the um, House Agriculture Committee because being married to a recovering farmer, um, we farmed at our house for more than a decade. Um, Michael's not doing that at the moment. Um, He's working for the Community Action Center. Uh, But then in my job at Clean River Partners, I've gotten to learn from a lot of our farming neighbors, um, kind of mid-sized corn and bean growers predominantly, some grazing folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really um, interested and invested in rural communities, in our agriculture community, and making sure that farm families are supported. I've been uh, endorsed by the Democratic Farm and Labor Party, and I haven't seen um, quite as much as I would like of that farm part showing up inside the excuse me inside uh, the platform of my party so that's probably my my number one is I want to be be pushing from the inside um, the the Dems now do you have uh, really any pull as far as that goes do you just get assigned what uh, you get assigned can you lobby for that um I hope so I'm um yeah I I talk a lot about rural issues and um, agriculture just you know when I'm talking with you and mm-hmm. um, and talking with constituents and and my platform running and I've also indicated that interest to party leadership um, as well as my requests for committee so we'll see again there's a lot of things done on seniority basis so mm-hmm. I will sort of get what I get but um, I hope I have made that um, that interest and passion known such that. They'll okay. put me on the Ag Committee. <laughs> All right. Are there every, uh, any other committees in particular that you're looking to uh, gain a spot in? Well, things, other areas that I'm super interested in and so therefore have also um, requested perhaps being on committees, but we'll find out. And even if I'm not on the committees, I'm still you know committed to these issues and um, being the child of two public high school teachers, now retired, and now I have two kids um, in our excellent public schools here in Northfield. I'm super invested in education, making sure we fully fund education. Um, also having uh, struggled with our health care system on all sides as an employer, as well as a, a parent and an individual. Um, having gotten Minnesota Care, um, purchased on the marketplace, Minsure, as well as trying to offer health insurance to my employees at the nonprofit, very um, interested in improving our healthcare system that actually serves folks, especially in rural places where we're seeing um, hospitals close. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, and I think my other, the other one that I I think a lot about is our democracy. So I really believe in the people, capital capital P people, and um, making sure that it's people who choose the leadership and not the other way around. And so making sure to have um, democracy. 
um, really enshrined and strengthened. So those are the areas I've indicated I'm I'm most interested in working, although I had a great conversation yesterday um, with our housing chair um, to talk about manufactured home parks, especially in light with what we all mm-hmm. hopefully are aware of um, what's been happening at Biking Terrace. Um, I've also talked with the new owners at uh, the Riverside uh, Manufactured Home Park and talk about two different um, tacks of <laughs> of going about uh, with new ownership. So the Riverside Park, they've really invested in widening the streets so that, I don't know, emergency vehicles could get to all the homes, um, looking at getting their water infrastructure so it's not so leaky and expensive um, versus sort of the predatory behaviors that we've seen the new owners at um, Viking Terrace take. So talking with our housing chair about how to make sure that um, people, uh, residents of those parks especially, feel like they have rights and that they have a voice too. Representative-elect Christy Purcell from District 58A is with us. One of the things that uh, you're going to be hearing a lot about is uh, the headlines earlier this week. You know, we have a $17 billion surplus. Uh, there are going to be a lot of ideas on what to do with that money. I think we probably all have our own ideas. Do you have ideas on that? And that's that's something that the legislature as a whole is going to be dealing with there are a lot of different ideas. Tell us about that. Yes. So um, I was actually at, so when the budget was released Tuesday morning, um, I was in my second day of a two-day orientation. So we had one right after the election, which we talked about last time I was here, and then we had these two days. So it's, um, it's all of the incoming class, so Republicans, Democrats, and we were actually in our um, orientation to the state budget like PowerPoint presentation when the news hit about the $17.6 billion. So there's a little bit of a, you know, we're like trying to ask the presenters from the budget office or, you know, the the panelists who were there, like, what? (laughs) So it was actually really uh, a little disruptive, but also really great to have these experts there to say, well, you know, we had we we had 10 billion at the end of session last year, but only about 2.2 got um, you know, agreed upon to spend. So there's a lot of that carryover. Well, how much of this is one-time funds that's coming from, you know, COVID relief funds that came from the federal government? Well, how much is ongoing? And um, so it was really helpful because this is new to me. Um, I I know pretty well about nonprofit budgeting right now, and I've gotten to learn about um, school district budgeting, being on the finance advisory committee for our school district but government budgeting and with a number that big, that's brand new. So um, I was very interested to watch the press conference, as maybe other folks did too, of the governor and the leadership from both the House and the Senate to talk about um, priorities and how to do what what we need to be doing with that. And um, it seems to me like there hasn't been a lot of tune change since the end of the 2022 session, which was fully fund our public schools. And there's already, you know, I think it's like 3.3 billion uh, proposal that was um, in the hopper last time around that didn't get passed. So I think a a lot of the priorities, at least um, from the Democrats, are the same. They just didn't happen last time around. And, you know, probably some tweaks to numbers here and there. I think also we want to just be sure that we're keeping in mind that things are costing more. 
than they were a year ago. So $17.6 billion maybe can't go quite as far as um, if we would have had that number a year ago. There's uh, one we only have time to talk one more issue, and that is uh, legalizing marijuana cannabis. Uh, the governor has indicated that he would be open to that. It looks like uh, he may have uh, uh, be able to follow a lot of states which have legalized that. Do you have a, I guess, a view on that one way or the other? And what do you think we would need to do? Uh, what would need to be in the bill in order for it to pass? Yes, I am uh, pro-adult-use cannabis. I am um, maybe sounding like a little bit of a broken record, but I want to make sure that uh, our farmers uh, who are already growing hemp or they're growing this product for uh, CBD, not THC, I want to make sure that they're not left behind and that um, as we do this that we're thinking about our, our local growers and not just sort of farming this out to big pharma. Um, so I am I am pro this measure and I think what we need to do because what we saw this summer when it sort of came to light that you know the a certain amount was allowable there was no because it wasn't comprehensive communities like Northfield didn't know how how are we supposed to regulate it well what kind of um, licensure do we need to give you know who who is it that we should be able to allow to do this is this every coffee shop is this um, just like our tobacco stores so I think making sure that we're very clear um, and comprehensive around it is is really important to just eliminate all the confusion that we saw this summer and we'll give you one last uh, one last minute anything else that you'd like to bring up um, well i I uh, don't have an official email address yet, um, but once I do, I'm I'm really interested in making sure that there's uh, open lines of communication between myself and uh, all the constituents who are listening and who are engaged, and I just really uh, take this responsibility very seriously, and I appreciate you letting me have time to to get to talk about what I'm thinking, too. Well, hopefully we can do this on a regular basis Love during it. the legislative yes, session. Yes, let's do it. Christy, thank you so much Thanks, for Jeff. coming in today. State Representative-elect Christy Purcell from District 58A. Rich is coming in with some news headlines. We also have uh, news with the side of sports. McDiff on the way. This news update is brought to you by Northfield Retirement Community. Rooted in Christian values, Northfield Retirement Community supports independence, dignity, and quality of life for the aging by providing innovative living options and services. Now may be the right time for you or a loved one to consider joining Northfield Retirement Community. Leave behind the worry of home maintenance and repairs to join a supportive community welcoming you to your new home. NRC has a variety of housing options to enjoy with your own furnishings and available options of in-home personal care services. Reach out to our caring and compassionate staff when you're ready for a visit or review all of our living options at northfieldretirement.org. Northfield Retirement Community, innovation, choice, tradition. Minnesota News Network, I'm Brent Palm. Rural broadband projects in Minnesota are set to receive nearly $100 million as the state pushes to bring high-speed internet to the remaining communities that don't have access. Deed Commissioner Steve Grove. We estimate we'll help 33,000 homes or businesses get online who are not online today. Grove says this is the single largest investment in state history for broadband internet. 
Labor unions want the state to invest some of the projected $17 billion budget surplus in transportation and water infrastructure projects. Lyuna, Minnesota, North Dakota spokesman Chris Fredson. We believe that now we have more than enough money to make the necessary investments to, to make infrastructure safer. And we need new dedicated revenue to make sure that these investments are for the long term. Fredson says it was a disappointment in May when the legislature failed to pass a bonding bill for public works projects. And the Gopher men's basketball team got thumped by Michigan 90-75 at Williams Arena.